Listeners to the QBS Express, the ACEC Kansas podcast. I'm your host, uh, Executive Director Scott Heidner, and it is my pleasure to have as my guest today the Chief Executive Officer of the Kansas Turnpike Authority, Steve Hewitt. Steve, thanks so much for making time to join us. Well, I appreciate the uh, the offer. This is always fun to talk um, about KTA, and and so um, I'm really excited to be here today. Very cool. And I didn't realize when I called you that you actually do your own podcast series internally here with KTA, too. It's kind of fun to have somebody as a guest on here that <laughs> has uh, has been on the other side of the table and, and knows what it's all about. Well, I'll try to be, you know, yeah, I do that, and, and we keep it internal. So and I'm a novice still. I'm still learning how to do it. I think the um, the best way, but um, sometimes it's trying to get something out of the guest. So I'll try to be a really good guest so that um, <laughs> you don't have to like beg me to say something. So I, I probably won't be too shy today. Oh, that sounds good. Well, let's start off. Uh, you know, the, the most time today we want to spend on the KTA itself and, and what its mission is and its history and the services you provide uh, to your customers and the economic impact of Kansas and all that stuff. I know that's what you're most excited to talk about as well, but let's do start with you. Um, our ACC Kansas listeners, a lot of them will be pretty familiar with you, but not all of them. And and even those that work with you may not know the, the full bio. Uh, so let's start with you. I know from prior conversations you and I have had, you are a native Kansan. Uh, tell us about where you grew up and what your school track was and, and what life looked like before your professional career. Yeah, I definitely. I'm a, um, I'm a sunflower kid, right? So I'm from Kansas, born in Kansas, actually born in Greensburg. So all you fans of the big well, world's largest hand-dug well, I was, I was born there. Um, uh, parents got divorced early on, and, um, and we moved to Pratt. So I actually, you know, finished school in Pratt, um, Pratt Greenback uh, High School grad, and I went to Pratt Juco for a couple years, and then I went on to Fort Hayes State. And so, yeah, um, Kansas and um, just – you know, Western Kansas, right? So that's different. Not mm-hmm. just Kansas, Western Kansas, where the wind blows. But that's uh, that's where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> and you said college at Pratt Community College, then Fort Hayes State. Uh, your involvement in transportation-related management did that kick in right after school, or or did you have a few stops along the way? What did the trajectory look like? Well, it, I'll tell you, I. No, it didn't start with transportation. I didn't, I didn't graduate and say, you know what, I'm going straight into transportation. I, I'm a communications major, and so you know, I, I originally thought, oh, you know, we'll do broadcasting. Ironically, we're on a podcast, right? So, I might do some radio, and but it's ironic because. I was going through school, and all the time I was looking for part-time money. I, I worked. High school and through college, I worked at the Parks and Rec office. I ref ball games. I score kept ball games. I helped set up the ball fields. I chalked. I drug fields. I did everything. And all of a sudden, I'm in my last couple of years at Fort Hayes State. I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to graduate with? What am I going to do with this degree in communications? And I decided, you know, I think I'll go do Parks and Rec because why didn't I just do that in the first place? I tried to get that right out of college, a job. 
in Parks and Rec. Didn't quite happen that way. Ended up going and doing some, um, I guess, real real work. You could, you could say I was an insurance and mortgage broker. I uh, learned a little bit in that area for a little bit. That was not fun to me, <laughs> but it did pay the bills <laughs> at the time. Uh, and then the guy I worked for all those years in Pratt, the Parks and Rec director, he called and goes, hey, I, I've created an activities director, kind of a sports director's job. And I need you to come back and take it. So I was like, yeah, that's me. Uh, didn't make any money. You don't make a lot of money at that level in, in small town parks and rec. But I loved it. And I dove into that. And and I, I could go on and on. But basically, I, I, I did that for about three years. Uh, I took a bigger job in parks and rec at City of Independence, Missouri. Um, did that for about a year. Then I got a director's opportunity in Clinton, Oklahoma. So I became a parks and rec director, got to build a new indoor park facility, kind of like a YMCA. I was real excited about that. I really enjoyed that. Then took a bigger parks and rec job in Mustang, Oklahoma. And you're still probably going, how the heck did I end up in transportation? Well, I kept doing these parks and rec jobs and I kept working with city managers and budgets. And I was like, you know what? That city manager gig, I, I could do that. I could do that job. I can, I can work with council. I've got good, bright ideas. I, I've got vision. And so, and so be careful what you ask for, right? <laughs> um, so I thought I could do it. And then the funny, ironic, I got a call, and the, and, the, and the city administrator job opened up in Greensburg. Now, that's a real small town, but your, your job is really going to be, if you're going to be a city administrator, it's like go to a small town or go to a bigger city and be an assistant. So um, I took on the small town. Took a pay cut, went back to Kansas. Um, we were excited to come back to Kansas. Did that. I, I, I took that job in, in something June 06. Well, what happened in May of 07 was the one of the largest tornadoes in U.S. history. Yeah. Two miles wide. goes EF5 goes right downtown Greensburg and destroys it. Now, I could feel sorry for myself, but I, I have to admit it actually was a uh, – a career, I think, spark. I got to dive right in. And, and and this is ironic because your listeners are engineering firms, engineers. That's where I cut my teeth on projects in Greensburg, working with engineers. We're talking about water systems, streets, roads, long-term planning, you name it, electrical grid. We we had every building had to be rebuilt. We dove into all that, and so um, gained a lot of respect for your industry. We, we as city folks, we needed consultants, we needed assistants, we needed engineers, and and your people that you you know who's listening today. I mean, they they were huge, I, and and firms from right here in Kansas that I have, I now have long term lifetime relationships with and friendships with. So from that, uh, Greensburg, I, I did that for five years. And let me tell you, um, that was the most rewarding and yet most difficult job I've ever had in my life. Uh, 24-7, 365, rebuilt the entire community from the ground up. Um, crazy. And so after five years, I get a call. Actually, not necessarily a call, but I, I, the mayor from Clinton, Oklahoma, that I was once parks director, he came up and he said, Came to the office at City Hall. Goes, hey, I want to talk to you, and we need a city manager. Ours, ours is left. And I, at that point in time, I was tired. I was tired and looking for the next. What's the next big thing, right? So, because things are crazy at the beginning of Greensburg, and then you start to get all the projects wrapped up, and you're like, 
you know, what's next. And, and I, and I got the adrenaline bug of building and doing something new and I was looking for a fresh start. So I went to Clinton, Clinton, Oklahoma, went through the biggest drought in Oklahoma history when I was down there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, but it's a theme of disaster. <laughs> I was going to ask <laughs> if anybody knows your, uh, your, the history on that. Yeah, you may not want to hire me. I, don't, I, don't, I may not want anybody to listen to this. Or, but you're, you're, all your folks don't. They want to hire me because I'll bring jobs to right. Because right, got work to do. Just, just destroy everything. Uh, so yeah, again, I mean, we brought in major consultants. We went through a long-term big water plan. Um, that was a challenge. Boy, that was a. And, and the funny thing about a disaster, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing going through a tornado. Okay, everything's gone, wiped out. Let's rebuild. The water thing was I couldn't really see it. You felt it because you couldn't water your yard, and everybody's mad at me because we can't water your yard, but yet they couldn't see the fact that we didn't have any water, you know, into the community. So we went through a lot of process and, and a lot of challenges for about three and a half years there. And, you know, during my last year in Clinton, um, I got a call from uh, Secretary Mike King, and he had become the new secretary, um, there was some talks between KDOT and KTA and he asked, and, and I didn't really know Mike, um, knew of him, but we had mutual friends in the engineering, uh, uh field and those engineers were, were telling Mike, Hey, um, uh, Steve's in Clinton, Oklahoma, Steve Houston, Clinton, Oklahoma. You should talk to him. Um, he's probably wanting to come back home. And I did. I did. I wanted to come home. My wife wanted to come home more than I wanted to come home. She's like, I can't believe you took me to Oklahoma again. <laughs> We've already done this once. And then she was and her, you know, her parents were from Pratt. And so, so a conversation, it took about a year. Um, Michael Johnson was here at KTA retired. There was some changes going on. Um, I just, man, I got excited. Um, knew the turnpike, great reputation. Clearly didn't know as much as I know today, obviously, but, um, transportation is something and and i'll I'll say this and i'm kind of getting ahead of myself but i but i want to make sure i say this is that i really enjoyed the city work being municipality work you're helping your community but i had an opportunity to help more people and give back to my state and help actually a whole region because we serve so many folks beyond just kansas and we help transportation and growth and shipping and you know just economic development and so he he sold me on kta um i came i first came in just as a director of admin um worked on finance and hr and then the coo who was a short term he retired and the board was kind enough to hire me as ceo and took that in january of 15 and here six years later I'm still CEO, and we've got some great stuff going on, and that's what brought me to transportation. So that long, com- you know, that long story—that's what brought me. So yeah, I didn't—I didn't wake up one day and go, "I want to be in transportation," but that's what led me to it. And and I just, boy, I tell you what, it is—I can't. It, people think of transportation like, well, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Boy, it's it's pretty fun actually. Yeah. And what we do, at least at KTA. We're making a difference, and I and I and I'm really excited about what we're doing and where we're going, and so that's what brought me here. That's awesome. One to track back to the first half of your career on the Parks and Rec side. You may know this, but uh, Governor Kelly, current governor of Kansas, do you know what job she held prior to being an elected yeah, official? Yeah, she was um, Kansas uh, 
Kansas Parks Association yes. came, whatever. She it is, was like the acronym. executive director. I yeah. think I think they actually call themselves the Kansas Recreation and Parks. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Association instead of Parks and Rec. But yeah, she. Yeah. Uh, so she's got a lot of history in that that area too. Uh, so that's a great overview of your career and the steps that led you here. In a minute here, I'm going to ask you to really dive into the the meat of the podcast, which is, you know, again, what does KTA do and its mission, its customers. But before we do a couple of things, first talk to me about the structure of the KTA board. Um, KTA is different than state agencies in, in a, a hundred ways, but one of them is that you have an independent board that you work with, um, you know, report to. Tell me a little bit about the makeup of that board and that relationship. Yeah, no, that's it's it, and it's really similar to like a city council. To be honest with you, so we have two members that are, I guess you could call um, just uh, automatic members. They are the Senate Transportation Chair, and then uh, a member from the House Transportation, which is usually always the chair. So that's what we know. we know. Those two are uh, guaranteed, and then we have the Secretary of Transportation. He or she is always on the board. So there's the three. It's a total of five. And the two others are appointed by the governor in four-year terms. And so uh, we've got a great board, a history of a great board, um, business people, um, important to Kansas in, in the industry, private business. And, yeah, so and they run independent from, from anything else. And, you know, and people probably know this that are listening, but, you know, we're, we're not a tax-based organization live and die by the tolls or revenues we bring in. And that board has a great vision of, for 65 years has a great vision of, of bringing something to Kansas and keeping things moving and having a great, safe, reliable, uh, a lot of people call it the, the, I guess, the crown jewel of transportation in Kansas. And so, and that's because it's a premium. And, and, and that board of five uh, have always been important. And I work for them. They hire me. Now, in 2014, there was the partnership, um, which is a formalized partnership with KDOT, which brought the Secretary of Transportation more in the mix as the director. Now, uh, that director has a designee, which is me, which is hired by the board. I'm in contract with the board, very similar like a city manager. And so there is, and, and what that does, which is I think is really good, I think good legislation, because Informally, I think KTA worked with KDOT for 65 years. But now formally, we make sure that we're always working together. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about the future. We're independent. We're independent. We live and die. We have our own operations. And KDOT has their own operations. But what we've shown and what we've done and what we will continue to do is continue to converse, talk. And there's no need to duplicate everything, right? So if we can help KTA. KDOT, which we can in many cases, like for a recent example, Kellogg in Wichita or um, Turner Diagonal in the Kansas City area, we can do those things and assist KDOT getting those projects done. Same thing, we can hire KDOT to help us with bridge inspection and help us in a lot of areas that, that, that they're good at. And so it's a real good opportunity for make sure that formalized, that that ongoing partnership is there and we're talking, and we're working together, and it's and it's really nice. So, but that's the makeup. Um, it's it's really not um, too unique, but um, it's I think really it works. It's simplistic. Um, you've got the stable 
folks that, and, and they're staggering terms for the appointees and and you know we've got a one of our and and that relationship continues i'll just say one of our newest board members deb miller came on yeah. in, in in july we're really excited about having someone that understands that uh relationship and understands transportation and so we've got a, a great board and and they're very supportive and they're smart and pragmatic and common sense and i i really enjoy and I enjoy the staff, and it, this is a great organization. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you did come in at a dynamic time, you know, unlike any other prior CEO at KTA that came in and really took over a ship that was going to continue under the same operational structure it always had. You came in at a dynamic time where that partnership with KDOT was evolving. So even more to learn and take on than the average bear in the new CEO's role. Yeah, but I think that was Perfect timing, really. I mean, that's, I think, because I didn't have any, I guess, preconceived, you know, notions or bad habits, or I wouldn't say bad habits, but just from a standpoint of this uh, flexible knowing right away that, you know, let's do this. Let's yeah. work together. Let's let's find a way. I don't know everything. I can utilize KDOT. KDOT. And, and, and there was already, there was that informal relationship was already there. So I, I don't want anybody to think that, oh, well, thank goodness they put this together. It was always that relationship there. It just formalized it, and but it was good timing for me because that legislation was clear. Uh, I knew my I knew my role. My role was clear then. Um, we're going to keep making sure KTA is great, but then, but I definitely need to understand. I need to I need to work with K- KDOT, and I should work with KDOT, and and I and I enjoy doing that. Yeah, well, let's get into the good stuff here. It it's always a pleasure to visit with you, Steve, about KTA. There's few things in life better than spending time with people that have genuine, I mean, bona fide passion about their job and their organization and the services they provide and, and, you know, upcoming projects. And you're just effervescent almost to talk to about KTA and what you do for your customers. Give us the uh, sort of the global mission of of KTA and the scope of your work. Excuse me. And then if you would, uh, paint a picture again a lot of our listeners will have some familiarity with this but paint a picture of your footprint in terms of how many customers you serve and the demographics of those customers and what kind of economic impact to the state the kta brings and that kind of thing uh paint the picture for us yeah definitely so you know number one our brand is really important and i as i just mentioned a little bit ago people call us the crown jewel and that's a reputation that you know as CEO, I don't want to, uh, I don't take lightly. And so our mission's pretty, you know, we went through two years ago, we went through some strategic planning, began to really dive into where we want to go, what do we want to do, and who do we want to be? You know, we're a great organization, but could we do more? Can we be more? Can we go farther? Can we do more? And yes, obviously that, that answers yes, yes, yes. So we came up with a, a clear mission that, you know, we want to continue to move Kansas forward with a safe, reliable, customer-valued system. And I underline customer because that is ultimately we only go as far as our customers go. So if if our brand is not good, customers won't come to our brand, and then we struggle as, a, as an agency, as well as being fiscally responsible and, and, and operate in a business-like manner. So... And the, those two key things are important because we have some of the lowest tolls in the country, and that's a goal of the board as well as staff to maintain a very affordable system, but a really nice, reliable system, safe system. 
But we have to run it like a business because we don't receive any tax dollars, no assistance. We don't go after grants. We live by those dollars we produce, and those are mostly 99% tolls. And so we have to make sure those tolls are based on customer experience. So that's the number one mission. Um, we dove into that plan and strategic planning and really was modernizing the Kansas Turnpike. So now clearly we're going through a challenge right now. The caveat is COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So we're having a down year right now because of COVID. But typically we see about 40 million travelers a year. That's 40 million trips. That could be repeat repeat customers, but we look at each one of them individually, and that's important, those 40 million trips. Typically bring in about $130 million. We're going to be down about 20%. I um, think last year um, we finished the year um, around $119 million in revenue, and we put that right back in the roadway. Now, five years ago, we adopted a long-term needs study, which is basically a capital improvement plan. And over the next 10 years, five, starting five years ago, we identified a billion dollars in improvements to make to KTA. We were sitting on some cash. We wanted to modernize. We've done a lot to do that and, and really focused on the customer. Number one, customers got to be safe, right? Got to have a great roadway. Got to be a safe roadway. We, we, we dove into things like drainage improvement, ramp improvements, pavement improvements. Then we dove into what is the customer else need? Well, we're also important to KTA. I mean, KTA is important to Kansas. So as, as, a, as a roadway that 50% of our customers, nearly 50% of our customers are come from out of state. Now that's good for, one reason is good for that because out of staters are helping pay for the infrastructure, mm -hmm. not always Kansans. It helps keep our tolls low, I believe. Number two, though, we have to understand that regionally Kansas plays a really big part in goods and services and things moving around. So as an interstate, you know, 35, one, you know, uh, 335 and I-70, you know, from Oklahoma border to Kansas City, people are going right through Kansas. And we have to make sure that we understand what that means. We did an economic development uh, review study of what our impact was economically to Kansas. And our 236 miles from Oklahoma to Kansas City is 12% of the Kansas economy, 236 miles. That's, that is huge. So if something that is affected on 35 or I-70, then it's gonna affect a lot of commerce. We're very important, we go through Wichita, we go through Topeka, we go through Lawrence, we hit Kansas City, and plus you know, El Dorado, and, 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 and we do a lot to the economy. And so the relationships with those communities um it's important to them you know in, in economic development opportunities if you're looking as a city former city manager i'd get these economic development opportunities and they say do you have an interstate or a four-lane highway close to you if you do we want to talk to you and so we know that the turnpike is an opportunity for these communities or close to or community close to us to grow to enhance to bring goods and services to to bring economic development so we understand that role we play so that we help our customers. One of the big things in our, in our strategic plan was modernize everything. So modernizing economic development, we have 350 bridges on the Kansas Turnpike. 
now not all of them are overhead but we have a lot of them and they were built in a in a time in the 50s and 60s where a lower threshold we're raising all our bridges we, we've taken on a daunting task to raise raise over a hundred bridges and we're spending a couple million dollars every couple of years raising those bridges and trying to do at least 10 every couple of years and we've got a lot to do but we know that that helps freight we're a freight corridor we recognize that and again when you're 12 percent of the economy clearly we understand that and we need to make sure that we invest into that and keep that going and help kansas um, it helps the region so we've done that but on top of that, the customer experience is, is important. So we talk a lot in, in-house about a premium service. You don't have to choose a Kansas Turnpike. If you're in Wichita today, like we're sitting today, and you have to go to Kansas City, you have to go anywhere you want to go, and you want to go north or south, Oklahoma City, you don't have to take the Kansas Turnpike. I want you to take it. I want it to be the fastest, most reliable, efficient, and best system you can go on so you will decide to choose it because your your decision will cost you financially we're not funded by tax dollars we need your tolls so you have to decide do i want to pay extra to get on the kansas turnpike if i do what am i going to get well i hope you're going to get a great reliable road i'm going to get there faster i'm going to get there safer if anything happens to me someone's going to be there to help me Mm -hmm. and those are the things we want to make sure we always offer and so we, we take a lot of pride in that. And so we're also modernizing. So for 65 years, it's pretty simple. You, you, you go into the Kansas Turnpike, you get a ticket. When you leave the Kansas Turnpike, you see a toll collector, you pay your money, and you go on out. Great. But the customer experience and the customer demand is changing, and technology is changing. And I really feel like KTA is becoming more of a tech company because it's now, now if you've been honest lately, and most people have, they're listening, I'm sure, open road towing is happening. We're moving towards cashless towing throughout the turnpike over the next few years. And customers love it. And and over 80% of our customers look at us and they go, that's what we want. That's what we wanted. That's what we like. I don't want to have to stop. I don't have to worry about that. It's a safety issue sometimes at the booth. We had an aging collector, um, and so we have a lot of collectors retiring, and then we're then creating some new jobs for collectors, like in customer service. And so it was a good time. So we went, this, we went through this strategic plan. We have a clear vision, and through our innovation and technology and, I think, leadership, we know what we're doing. Our brand's important, and we're doing more, and I'm I'm really excited about that, and I hope folks that are listening understand that, you know, this this is a pretty daunting task. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of money. Um, Like I said, we're going to spend a billion dollars over a 10-year period on improvements, but that's exactly what's going to help the Kansas economy, going to make our system better, and I think the experience that you guys all listening drive on will enjoy it. And if you don't, let me know because I want to fix it. Yeah. Because that's our job is to please you as a, as a traveler. I know. We had lunch before this podcast and talking about things. The first thing I shared with you was, my gosh, what a revelation it's been on the turnpike to not have to stop at the toll booth. I mean, it's just it's awesome. You know, uh, a lot of people do love toll collectors, and they are great. They're friendly. They're nice. 
but you know you have to modernize it's a t- mm-hmm. it's sometimes and I, I and I'm sensitive to the fact that we have some collectors that have been doing this a long time and it, it it's never an easy conversation because modernizing is sometimes people worry oh those jobs just tossing jobs out the window well do attrition and through new jobs new technology jobs or customer service jobs or other jobs it was a perfect time for us to do this and so what you just said is what I want to hear from everybody. Yep, I want to just drive on, not worry about it. I've got a K tag and and go on. I also want to say it's also a business decision. And and let me say that because we, we just didn't do it just for customer service only. Obviously, we have to drive with customer service. But when I talk about the business-minded attitude, so at the traditional way of collecting tolls, for our cost to collect a toll is going to be a minimum of 77 cents with that toll collector collecting that toll. We go to we go to cashless tolling, that drops down to 32 cents. So you see the business model gets better. My costs drop, that way I can keep toll, tolls affordable. And the money I save, that goes right back in the roadway. And that's what everybody should want. They should want us to run it this way. Improve the technology, maintain low affordable tolls, yet the experience and the brand is gaining and growing and getting better that's what we want yeah well I've, i want to shift gears to another more specific question but i'll put in a shameless plug on behalf of kta as a customer i shared this in our conversation earlier with you as well but i don't have to call kta very often but when i do i actually still get a live human being and that's pretty freaking awesome too there aren't many places left that you can call and get that uh let me ask you a more direct question so i think most of our ACC listeners have a, a pretty good idea at the 30,000-foot level of what you do. You know, you manage the organization here in the workforce. You lead the strategic planning. Um, in many cases, you're the face of KTA, whether that's conversations with the legislature, that kind of thing. Uh, but tell us a, a thing or two or three about the job that you think our members might be surprised to know um, is a part of your day on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, so... I- I, to be honest with you, I don't know if I could surprise anybody um, on what I probably do. I mean, number one, I think it's important for any leader um, of any organization to have some vision. I, I, I have to I have to have vision, but in the same sense, I have to lead lead that vision and I have to rally the rally the troops. I mean and, and it's not hard here, just so you know, my job is pretty easy <laughs> because, We've got tremendous staff. And I mean, our top-level staff, our leadership team, our department heads are top-notch. They all want to modernize and improve the KTA. But it's it's to keep the ship going. It's to be the ambassador. It's to making sure you're know, meeting those fiscal goals, those those engineering goals, those planning goals, those those long-term needs goals. And, and I, so it's 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 the communication. It's it's the transparency. It's it's the ongoing cheerleader that really I am. Um, yeah, I dive into the budgets, and yeah, I dive into the projects, and I dive into what, how we're going to deliver, and how do we deliver it in this year versus the next year versus the in three or four years. You know, it's it's those it's communication with legislators and you know consultants like yourself. It's it's working with our staff, and it's really I want to give my staff everything they need. So my number one goal is to hire. Everybody smarter than me. Hire really smart people and just give them the tools to help us achieve the goals. Now, when I say vision, I don't want anybody to think it's Steve Hewitt's vision. 
we sat down and we brought in major consultants. We sat down with the team and on a roundtable discussion, we all, we all crunched out where we're going and how we're going to do it. And those vision and that mission and those goals became very clear. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted us to modernize. Yeah, I want us to do more and do it better. But I can't do that if the team doesn't buy into it. But it was really easy because they all bought into it and they live it every day because they have to go out and deliver with their teams, you know, from maintenance to engineering to IT to finance to to customer service to our marketing team to HR. It, I can go on and on, right? Everybody has a role to play, and now they're all connected. And I'm just here to give them those resources and help them achieve the uh, what we need to achieve day to day so the bigger goal gets met and so and again work with the board work with legislators but yeah that's my job isn't I don't think it's too exciting and I, and I, again it's it's I think we're a lot like a city we got utilities we've got you know uh, finance we've got HR we've got all the things it takes to get things done and we're our own little city and we've got to create some revenue and we need to crank out some projects and make it better and maintain what we have at a high level and so I take that mentality because I learned a lot as a manager, and I have a lot of respect for city managers, and, I, and I'm biased, but from that, I, I, I take those values and lessons learned, and I put it into KTA, and I really appreciate the board support. Uh, I appreciate the legislature support. And, and again, all your members. We have a multitude of consultants, a multitude of engineering firms that are helping us with a multitude of projects, and we need all everybody. We need all your help. And I appreciate everybody listening because we can't do it. You talk to David Jacobson, he's juggling like four or five different engineering firms in the air right now with different projects. Uh, we've got uh, our planning team, our IT has got engineering and, and, and consultants working with us. So it's really important that we have – our team isn't just KTA, but it's external as well. So for you guys – and for me to do this today is really, I think, rewarding for me. So I can say thank you as well. It tells our story, but um, – yeah, it take it, and this is so cliche, but it takes a village. Mm -hmm. It it does, it, and, and I can't do it alone. And we have to do it as a team, and we go through tons of team building. We go through ongoing efforts to make sure as a team we're we're cohesive and and working towards the same goal all the time. Because um, and we, and we have hiccups, you know. Everybody knows that you know a, a flood s south of Wellington or. Um, an issue, a snowstorm, or the coldest winter we've had in 20 years, or whatever. You know, there's going to be something that happens. We're going to have hiccups or an accident on the on the roadway, or delaying a project, or a pandemic, which completely ro rocked our world. But as a team, we want to work together, and we do work well together, and we act quickly with the board support. We keep moving forward as an agency, and I I couldn't be more proud. That's yeah. what I do. Well, one thing that's kind of cool couple of these questions that I had teed up to ask you here when you talk to somebody that's so enthusiastic about what they do and the organization they represent uh, you end up covering some of these things already I was going to ask you you know what are some of your favorite parts of your job here and working with the consulting engineering industry but I think your enthusiasm uh, you know has really already addressed some of those some of those things but anything uh, that you'd want to add to that that is particularly stimulating to you and coming to work each day or about the relationship with the consulting engineering community? Two things. Um, I touched, I touched on it earlier. Number one, I, I am, I'm pretty humbled, um, 
by the fact I have this position. I, and and I want to tell people, I, I feel like I live the I live the American dream. So I'm this I'm this kid, um, single mom, three kids, didn't have a lot growing up. Actually, didn't have anything growing up. Uh, worked really hard, fought through school, paid my student loans, uh, made it work. Kept finding jobs, kept finding, trying to find ways to make make my family better. Got married, have my own son now. And then I fall into KTA. An absolute dream job. And, and if I don't know if people get lucky like I do. And I think luck is when hard work and opportunity come together. Mm-hmm. I think Greensburg allowed that to happen. But I just I feel very humbled to be here um, at KTA. So, number two it's I learned early on in Greensburg and I and I, I will probably go back to that a lot because that's when I really cut my teeth and understanding what it took to it's not just maintaining things and now we have to build things and I needed folks from your industry um from civil to electrical to all areas I mean to come in mechanical I, I needed all kinds of uh, engineering to make that work and and then just opened my eyes to your industry and and the relationship with cities kta in in your industry it's 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 dovetail man i'm telling you we can't do our jobs without good consultants you guys need good good uh i guess good partners good, right? good clients and good clients, partners right. yeah and so, for sure but nor do we need to i don't i do have engineers on staff but i don't need a team of 30 and I might not build. I don't necessarily need a mechanical engineer all the time. Or I don't necessarily need a, you know, or, or an electrical engineer all the time. But there's times I'm going to need them. And I need to reach out to good partners and trusting partners um, from right here in Kansas and all your different firms. And I can I can name. I don't want to name up all of them because I might leave one of them out. But right. And and then the good thing about it, this is love like, love about Kansas and what I do. I now consider all those guys friends. I see all you guys out there listening to this. I mean, I've got great friendships that have come out of, of working with consultants that from now we can go golfing or go have a cigar or, yes. you know, I mean, those are the things <laughs> we can go do. I mean, I think, and I enjoy that. And, and then also I'm not afraid to call you guys and go, Hey, I want to bounce an idea off you. Mm-hmm. Should we go down this road? Um, and I know David, our, our chief engineer, David Jacobson, he's the same way. Just, Love the engineering relationships we have. It's important to us. So don't tell Jacobson I said this, but he's been an awesome partner to ACC for a long time. Regular participant in our partnering committee that we have with KDOT and KTA. Uh, Last year, well-deserved from KSPE, he won the Engineer of the Year Award. Uh, Yeah, don't tell him I said all those good things about him. He's been been a great partner to us for a lot of years. There's a few guys in this world that are just – really really special he's one of them yeah. i'll tell you yeah. uh and yeah and he he values the relationship i know that and, yeah. and we all do um and he, and all our other staff members get it too we understand that relationship and you know from from marketing working with an engineering firm from it needing to work with an engineering firm from maintenance working with them all i mean we we all have that relationship and it's um it's a good one yeah well uh one last unrelated note before I get to my final sort of KTA policy related question for you but 
we did stumble on earlier in our private conversations that we both are a fan of a good cigar. You might be amused to know that uh, I have ruined more ACEC members by introducing them to cigars than you can shake a stick at. It's, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. You mentioned that, you know, some of these are guys you can go have a cigar with now that, uh, uh, yeah, I've uh, probably uh, several spouses out there that bemoan letting their better half join yeah. ACEC and well, full disclosure, <laughs> um, I, I don't get to do it as often as I would like to do it. Number one, it's not good for me, so and it doesn't smell that great. But And also, I, I got to practice what I preach, so we, we, we try to have a no tobacco policy at, at right. KTA, so I, I can't say I can make it a habit. But every now and then, once in a blue moon, a special occasion, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you can go out and have that. Um, but, um, but nevertheless um, – I might have to toss a whiskey in there too, but I, you know, you know but again, responsibly though. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my last question for you about KTA and it's forward looking. I think you've done a great job of sharing KTA's work, you know, today and, and what has led you here. What do you think is the, and I'm sure the answer is all of the above, Scott, but if you had to pick one, what do you think is going to be most impactful to how KTA looks and operates moving forward? Will it be public policy? Will it be environmental concerns? Will it be technology changes? If you had to speculate and put your thumb on one thing, what external factor do you think is going to drive change the most for you and your team here at KTA? Well, actually, it's two, two big factors. I think it's technology and money. And I say money because I think everybody understands that the challenges of transportation today is how do you pay for it? Um, and I think recently, recent legislation but that allows KTA to be a better partner in potential tolling, partial tolling for KDOT projects is really crucial. That's a tool in the toolbox for KDOT. And we obviously think we, we have a pretty good product. And I think that's recognized because I think the world's changing. And then you go back to technology because they tie together. Number one, just technology from the customers. The customer demands a better, efficient technology. They want an easier way to pay. I want to pay on my phone or pay online or uh, ding my credit card when you, I go through. I don't want to stop. I've got my, my life's too fast. I don't have time to do it or just the convenience of it. I pay all my bills online. I mean, all that technology is changing, right? But then, then there's the technology of what's coming down the road with electric vehicles and some of those things. That's already affect or more fuel-efficient vehicles. I think you, you see administrations, and I don't think it's going to stop the push for that. That affects gas tax, right? So there's less money for transportation. So that's going to, I think, bring in the conversation for KTA. Now, number one, we understand the technology, and we're, we're, we're trying to get ahead of that curve in our improvements we're doing. We understand, like I mentioned earlier, we think we're a tech company now. We really think technology is what we are. Um, and, yeah, we have engineering. Yeah, we have maintenance. But technology is what our customers are expecting, that we are the latest and greatest technology so they can drive around, around the country with their K-Tag or they can come from a different part of the country and come to Kansas and use their particular tag. That's the technology, right? And so we, we're on top of that. Um, but then we need to be on top of the potential partnership. And I think we are. 
I think we're working well with KDOT and KDOT with the new legislation. We're working on potential looks of, you know, projects, maybe a 69 in Overland Park, a potential managed lane. Again, that's technology and tolling because of funding issues to allow that new project to potentially happen. So I think those two issues and challenges, topics, are what's going to drive transportation. I think they're driving our and our current business here at KTA because we understand our customers have a need and we've got to figure out how to pay for it. So we need to figure out how to be more efficient with that technology, provide that great customer service. I think DOT is going to have some challenges. And they already have challenges, right? And there's never enough money. And nobody wants to be taxed. I don't want to be taxed more, right? So, and if I'm not paying gas tax and, my, and I'm, I'm having a hybrid or, elect, or electric vehicle or something, that's less money for KDOT. So how are they going to get, how are they going to fund things? And there's still needs across the state and much other areas. So I think there has to be that thought. By, and, and by addressing those and understanding those issues, I think we're planning for the future. I know KDOT is. We are here at KTA. And again, that formalized partnership. I'm, me and the secretary have ongoing regular meetings. Our teams have ongoing regular meetings. We know that we've got to prepare for the future. And I think those are the two hot topics that we've got to be prepared for because they're already here. And if you're waiting for them to happen, you're already behind the behind the eight ball. You've, you've got to be proactively thinking about the future. So really, it's innovation. And we all have to be innovative. And, you know, in a pragmatic, common sense way, I really don't want to be a guinea pig to fancy new technology. I want proven technology. But then again, I don't want to be so far behind that I've now my customers are hurting because I was I failed to bring new technology to them. So I think it's a balance, but I think those two factors are really facing transportation in my industry and in now, right, today, yeah. and I think as well in the future. Yeah, good answer. Well, let me ask you one question on a more personal nature, and we'll wrap up here. We sure appreciate the time you've given us today. We've really talked exclusively uh, about your background, your training in KTA, but uh, for our listeners uh, that that work with you but probably don't get to see you outside of work, what uh, what would you do if you had a free weekend with no work and family commitments? What kind of hobbies would would fill up uh, fill up your calendar in that situation? Well, okay, so a lot of people may know this about me, but if you don't, I'm a huge sports nut. Like, like I just love sports. I guess it's part of my parks and rec background, right? So, um, I'm a, I I want to check out a game. I want to go to a game. I love playing golf. I never get a chance to play hardly anymore, and that's because my son is an active sports kid, a freshman uh, right now, and he's always been and traveling baseball or basketball. So we're I don't get a free weekend. <laughs> uh, so between chasing him. Uh, or work and you don't get a lot of that but if I have it you know I want to I want to catch a game or a, mm-hmm. um, go play around a golf um, I'm a huge sports net in fact people don't really know this and I and I, cause I don't do it as much anymore so when my son was before my son was born and then right when he's real little before he got real active I officiated every sport and I, I officiated even uh, small college baseball basketball football uh, KCAC and JUCO, and I loved it. I did a ton of it. I mean, just I, – I thought there for a while I was a Big 12 guy. I mean, I was going to go and do D1s, you know, basketball or football. 
and then my son got older and my knees got worse and and um i i do a little bit now i i'm actually it's funny because um i'm refing little kids and i mean little kids like third and fourth grade boys and girls basketball with my son who's a freshman teaching him how to officiate because dude you're gonna need some extra money so let's let's teach you something you can do while you're in high school and maybe college make some extra couple dollars so um i'm now back at it again and i still have a varsity football crew on friday nights i still believe in friday night lights but um yeah that's um that's some stuff that i if you if i got some free time man let's uh let's get you a game or uh or play around to golf or something yeah very good well steve can't thank you enough for making time to sit down i know our members are going to enjoy uh learn more about kta and and you know, all the people you serve and the challenges you look forward to facing moving forward. And it's been a great partnership. I know our members appreciate uh, the opportunity to work with and for KTA. And good of you to take the time to sit down and talk with us today. Well, I can't get out of here without mentioning one more thing. Because one thing people don't realize about me, and I found out me and you have something in common. So I didn't, I didn't in our conversation, I didn't bring this up. But I know you're a music guy. Ah. So when I was in college, um, I was in a, a band. We're in a grunge band. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> now we're getting to so, the good yeah, stuff. So, yeah, and, and so me and my, my guitar player, now we don't have a whole band, but every now and then we get together and jam a little bit. And technology allows us to have the drums and the bass on the computer. And yeah. While he's, while he's um, hitting a riff and I'm, we're doing some Stone Temple Pilots <laughs> or something. But uh, I know I heard you were I heard you were in a band or two and having a good time sometimes doing that. So yeah. I, we can relate on the music level as well. No doubt, I'll be a son of gun. Well, it's a good thing I didn't know that, or I would have <laughs> bored our listeners into a coma talking about that with you for twenty minutes. Well, I've I've uh, I still love music, and yeah, if you if you're jumping my Tahoe with me, I'd have it on lithium, listening to some uh, '90s grunge. So nice. I still love it. And yeah, oh, that's that, fantastic. I, but I knew we had that in common. I I held that back to the very in. I yeah. Want to make sure that you uh, you knew that. But yeah, I heard that about <laughs> you. So. Well, that is cool, and it is good. I didn't know that earlier. We would have. I would have. Yeah. Drug our listeners through <laughs> twenty minutes of of music talk. Well, that's fun. Well, it's been great, Steve. Thanks so much for making time. And, oh, I've uh, enjoyed it. Appreciate the partnership. Love telling our story. Brings. Thank you for asking me. And again, and and we always encourage feedback. And thanks to all your your partners there. I mean, you, the, you, who you represent, all you engineers out there. We just. I mean. We really appreciate everybody. We we need it. We need help. And 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 you're now partners with us and we're on it together and we have a great system and we we thank you for that as well. Yeah. I'm I'm biased, but they're a great group to work yeah, with. There's absolutely. no doubt about it. Very good. Well Steve, thanks for your time. Um ACEC Kansas listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the QBS Express and we will catch you next time. <laughs>